Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hate to be the bearer of bad news to Chris Carlin, who joined us here on Canty and Carlin earlier in the show. But Paris Fashion Week already took place. Back at mm-hmm. the end of February through the first week of March. So it looks like he missed the boat on that one. I believe he's referring Gala. to New York Fashion Week, which I believe is a fall thing. Yeah, Maybe he, I'm wrong he, on that, too. He, he missed that, too. He missed the Met Gala a month and a half ago. He's missed, missed it all. That's yeah, just the way I mean, that goes. I will say, I mean, Chris Canty, who often is on Get Up before yeah. he does Greeny and, and filling in and, and often on his own show, Canty and Carlin, um, he wears great suits and he does have good pocket squares. That is a thing. Yes. I don't know if Chris Carlin has the same pocket square game. No. But we got to get his calendar updated because he might miss one of his own shows, Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, um, if he ends up going to Paris next week trying to show up for Fashion Week because it's not for another six months. Courtney Carlin and Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys on this glorious Monday afternoon. Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us, my handle, at Courtney R. Cronin's. Freddie's is at Coleman ESPN. You can also hit us up on the phones, 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. So last week at Green Bay Packers training camp, we heard a pretty irritated Aaron Rodgers who was not happy with a bunch of his young receivers. He made an exception, said that he wasn't referring to Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, or even Sammy Watkins when he was talking about the need for improvement from the likes of Romeo Dobbs, a bunch of their young receivers that the Green Bay Packers brought in, Christian Watkins in that mix as well, Samari Toure, and uh, he was not happy. He made it no he made no bones about it. He wanted to see improvement, so apparently there was a receiver only meeting the following day, and now everything is allegedly fine. Mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs in the preseason game that the Green Bay Packers had over the weekend against the New Orleans Saints had a pretty decent performance. He was, you know, he still dropped two passes in that preseason game, but there were some big plays that he made, targeted five times, made three catches uh, in the mix as well. Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the improvement he's seen after his wake-up call that he sent to Romeo Dobbs. The thing that that I've seen with him is just mentally the improvement. From, from day to day yesterday. We did a kind of spur of the moment adjustment in a, in a period, and I told him what to do in the huddle, and it's something he's never done before, and he went out and did it perfect. And it's those little things like that that start to gain that trust and that confidence and, and get you excited about things. Now, Dobbs done a lot of really nice things, but I think the standard for him is not going to be maybe the standard for, for a normal rookie that we've had here in the past. Why is that? Because they are trying to replace Devontae Adams, Freddie Coleman, and it takes more than one player to replace a player of that magnitude who might arguably, might be, not arguably, the number one receiver in the NFL. It's going to take a concerted effort by everybody in that receiving core, including Dobbs, who's expected to play a pretty big role. Aaron Rodgers wanted to make sure his message got across, and the best way to do that is to call people out through the media. 
because that's what younger people are going to respond to. You can say behind closed doors, guys, you need to do this, you need to do that. Most younger people in this day and age, they'll make look at your glass and say, who's this old dude telling me what to do? You call them out in a media kind of way, whether social media or regular media, there was, I don't believe in coincidences because if guys didn't care, they wouldn't have called the receivers only meeting the next day, not even 12 hours after he said that. And then they go to kiss the ring of the master when it comes to Aaron Rodgers because he shamed them. Let's call it what it is. He basically, hey, you guys got to get your you-know-what in gear, but he wasn't going to say that from an older player, younger player, mentor to mentee standpoint. He says, how am I going to get their attention? This is the way to get their attention to have them shamed in the media because that's the last thing they want. It is no coincidence that after that, guys started paying a lot more closer attention or paying more attention to detail. You can say a lot of things about Aaron Rodgers, fair, unfair, right or wrong. But when he did that last week, I warned people. I said, he is not going to let this continue to the regular season. How do you do that? You make sure that everybody hears your frustration, not just in the Packers organization. Everybody heard it and saw it on television and on radio. And then not even 12 hours later, Mr. Rogers, we're sorry. We're sorry. We won't do it again. We'll, 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 we'll do anything you want. And all of a sudden, guys started paying attention. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, but there was a way to get his message across, and he was able to execute that a hundredfold to lead to exactly a change of that tune when it came to that, that preseason game on Saturday. He most certainly did in that preseason game. Rodgers did not play because he does not play in the preseason. Jordan Love did in his place, 12-24, 113 yards, and a touchdown. He connected with Romeo Dobbs on three of those five targets for 24 receiving yards and a touchdown. Dobbs is going to be relied on quite a bit. They're yeah, going to have to change be. what they do on the – in the passing game because they have to. Now, certainly you'd think that more balance will be injected into this offense with Devontae Adams gone. They can do a lot of two-back sets because they have capable running Mm -hmm. backs. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants to play ball the way that Aaron Rodgers wants to play ball. And, And part of that is making sure that the guys you're throwing the ball to are up to speed on what you want. And I don't blame him for getting frustrated about this. I love Aaron Rodgers' answer, too, that when he was pressed, like, do you think maybe if you were here during OTAs, this would have been solved? And he's like, I don't think so. We have so so much time during, you know, training camp to have these conversations. And he's right. Because this conversation paid off within a week's time. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, number 12 is happy again. Yeah, and here's the deal with that. By Courtney Corner, Freddie Coleman, and Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Aaron Rodgers may want to play a certain way, but can he win a championship the way that he wants to? And as we've seen the last couple of years, he has not been able to. Losing home playoff games, losing an NFC championship game to Tampa Bay. Then last year, they lose to San Francisco. They went up and down that field in the first drive. Then after that, they they were strangers to each other on the offensive side of football. For the first time in maybe his career, Courtney, that running game and defense are going to have to be on the same line with Aaron Rodgers. Because you're right, they don't have Devontae Adams. Whatever struggles they're going to have a wide receiver, it's going to take a little bit longer for that process to be to be pumped up when it comes to that. But now, more than ever before, A.J. Dillon and that running game, that defense that's pretty underrated. They were really good last they year. They could be a top-ten defense There's year. no doubt about that. They might need to be. Right. All of a sudden, all those three have to be on the same line. And then if the offense and that offensive explosion can happen as the season goes along, then you can carry the way. For the first time in his career, the other two entities, 
defense and also that running game are going to have to help Aaron Rodgers and not the other way around. All right, so there's no more concern from Aaron Rodgers about his wide receivers until they start dropping more passes or what have you, but there is some concern (laughs) about the offensive line. David Bakhtiari has still not practiced. He hasn't played basically in two years. Elkton Jenkins has not returned to practice just yet, both working their way back from knee injuries. Um, We've got to figure out, like, how the Packers are going to compensate for – these offensive line issues because Aaron Rodgers is no spring chicken. He's still a very mobile quarterback. He's Houdini in a lot of respects, but there is the belief that this offensive line could be this team's downfall mm-hmm. because of all the injuries we saw last year. A lot of those injuries have not been fixed as far as it goes for this year. So how will those things impact Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense going forward? We'll get into that next here in Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Kenny and Carlin brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games with Boost Mobile. Feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman in 15 minutes will be joined by Annie Costable of the Chicago Sun-Times here to break down everything ahead of what will determine a semifinal, who was headed to the semifinal matchup between the New York Liberty and the Chicago Sky in the WNBA playoffs. But we were just talking about some of the bigger storylines coming out of Green Bay Packers training camp. So let's bring back in our producer, Evan Wilner, here on yeah. Canteen Carlin, ESPN yeah. Radio, ESPN app. Yeah. To talk about some of the other headlines uh, – that are going around in the NFL training camp mercifully is almost over. We're actually in the preseason schedule now. Pretty much everybody's wrapped up with the camp portion. So now we go into preseason schedule, which means I don't know what day it is most times. So, uh, Evan, where are we starting here? Yeah, it's still the training camp whip around. And uh, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said the plan for left ta- uh, for left tackle David Bakhtiar today was the same as yesterday, meaning he came through without any initial setback. Uh, LaFleur said, I thought... He was moving around really good. It was pretty limited, but he seems in good spirits. But 
Courtney, you pointed this out. You had Matt Schneidman, the Packers beat reporter for The Athletic on Spain and Fitz the other day. That follows us at 7 on ESPN Radio. Here's what he said about his concern for the offensive line. The big question is Bakhtiari. He changes everything because that's your blindside protector. That's your five-time All-Pro. He tore his ACL on New Year's Eve in 2020 and still is not back. It's not necessarily the ACL that's still holding him back. It's more... uh, collateral damage from that injury other stuff in the knee but that's definitely a concern if he's out that means the Packers have to put a guy at left tackle who's may not be starter ready and if Jenkins is out then that just doubles down on the pain so they have a really young offensive and they haven't looked great and they're going to need to uh, pick that up if if the Packers want to block Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter here in a couple weeks. Courtney, how big is your concern for the Packers offensive line? Uh, It's quite big because there's two injuries here. And David Bakhtiari, yes, he was cleared uh, off the pup list, but he's easing back into practice, and we've got games in three weeks. Like, are we sure that he's going to be ready to play week one? I don't think so. Uh, And same thing with Elkton Jenkins. Like, he's somebody who tore his – he hurt his knee. I believe it was an ACL as well in week 11 last year. And it's still taken him a long time to get back to the field. This is the offensive line we're talking about for the Green Bay Packers. Protecting Aaron Rodgers at all costs has to be the priority. And I don't know, Freddie. I was looking at the depth chart behind those two guys. Uh, Behind Bakhtiari is a guy named Yosh Nijman. I don't know who that is. That guy's going to be playing left tackle if David Bakhtiari can't be there, according to this. And then a rookie, Zach Tom, might be the right tackle in place of Elkton Jenkins. If he's not able to go week one, that would very much scare me. And maybe Aaron Rodgers' concerns would shift from his wide receivers over to his offensive line. All right, Freddie. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski isn't ready to say how long he'll play Jacoby Brissett in the, quote, dress rehearsal game Mm -hmm. Saturday against the Bears. How much should Brissett play on Saturday? Quarter and a half. I mean, come on now. You're going to go into a regular season with a team that, in terms of talent, has as as much talent as anybody in the AFC. With the offensive line, with their running backs, Kareem Hunt playing for a contract, that defense should be really, really good. You got quality depth at tight end and also wide receiver. You're going to go into a regular season with this kind of roster, and Jacoby Brissett has not played any preseason action. To me, that doesn't match up. You have a guy that you're going to need for the first 11 weeks until Deshaun Watts might need him longer than that when it comes to when Deshaun Watts can get back up to speed. Jacoby Brissett should be out there for a quarter and maybe a little bit more than that because you're going to need that NFL speed, that game speed to be ramped up and not have his first game speed with this team opening day versus the Carolina Panthers or Baker Mayfield on the other side. Tom Brady returned to Bucks practice today. Yesterday, Todd Bowles said he was undecided on if Brady would play in the preseason finale against the Colts, but should he play against the Colts, Courtney? He won't. He won't. Um... I don't think he probably should either, not with the way that this patchwork offensive line looks right now. Like, yeah, eventually week one when it counts, he's going to have to, but I don't think Tom Brady, he doesn't fall into the category for me of guys who need more reps to make sure how this offense is gelling. That line should be playing absolutely freaking lutely Figure it out, what you're going to do to protect your quarterback, but Tom Brady doesn't need to play in that. Nope. The biggest threat to the Bucks in that division is probably the Saints. Mm-hmm. But Michael Thomas missed practice again today with hamstring woes. That's what Dennis Allen is calling it. He also said he would be okay if Jameis sits out the entire preseason. 
as he returns to 11-on-11 drills today for the first time. Where's your concern level with the Saints here, Freddie? It would be higher if they didn't have Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Marquez Callaway at wide receiver. And Alvin Kamara looks like he's not going to be suspended the first six games at running back for the Saints. So my concern level would be a lot higher without those guys. But Jameis Winston understands his system. I think he's going to be even better in year two because, remember, last year he was playing pretty well until he tore his ACL and he was starting to get a grasp of that offense. This Saints team can be very, very dangerous. I'm not going to say they're a Super Bowl contender out of the NFC, but they did beat Tampa Bay twice last year, and they are the biggest threat to that team. This could be the kind of team that they have a really good record in the regular season. I think they will. It could be a pain in the you-know-what for anybody that plays them in the playoffs in the NFC. All right, last one, the big news of the day, the Panthers naming Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback for week one against the Cleveland Browns. What does this mean for Sam Darnold, Courtney? It means that he is a backup now for life, and he should be looking for a viable backup job beyond this season with the Carolina Panthers. I think he ends up somewhere else next year, as we heard from Mina Kimes earlier on the show on Canty and Carlin. He's not better than other situations that have bad quarterback situations, like the one in Seattle. Like mm-hmm. that's if you can't beat out someone like Drew Locke or a Geno Smith or I believe um, Jacob Jacob Eason's on that team too. I should know. I watched this game the other night. Because a lot of mediocrity. In that, a lot of mediocrity uh, in that quarterback there. room there. Yeah. So if you're not like in contention for any of those sorts of jobs in the future, your future is a comfortable backup quarterback, but it shows you how quickly the league is ready to give up on these guys. Uh, given the timetable of his career, Sam Darnold was drafted the same year that Baker Mayfield was two picks later. Yeah. And now he's on his way to being a backup quarterback for the rest of his life. That not Seahawks quarterback big. battle would Ooh. be a hell of a battle in the sec. No, it wouldn't. That wouldn't even be a battle in the CIF in California high school. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Drew Locke, Ugh. Jacob Eason, both played great uh, in the SEC for, for oh I mean, Eason God. for one season, Locke for a couple seasons. Those guys might not start at Vanderbilt this year, the way they played in the NFL so far when it comes to those two. Yikes. Oh, my goodness. All right. Kenny and Garland presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Courtney Crone and Freddie Coleman. Not so high on Vanderbilt football. No, I'm no, have you, not so are high you? on those guys. No. Are you? No. No, one, no one's been high on Vanderbilt football since James Franklin coached them. And the minute they went 9-4, and four, he hightailed it out of the Penn State. He knew to get out when the getting was good. Yeah, well, I think that the uh, Clark Lee's the only one that I know who's actually high on Vanderbilt football hey, because he said yeah. that they're going to be, mm. what, like a 10-win team? Or he said they're yeah. going to win the, I don't know. Forget yeah. that, because uh, that's not true. Um, you know what is true, though? There's one Chicago team that's going to be playing, potentially, for another championship, an actual good team. We're going to talk about the Chicago Sky next. They're gearing up for Game 3 of the quarterfinals of WNBA playoffs against New York Liberty. We're going to find out why their coach is not too happy that they are on the road for Game 3. That's next, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The WNBA playoffs are here. We have one semifinal match set already. The Las Vegas Aces will host the Seattle Storm on August 28th. And there's one more that is waiting to be decided. Game three coming up tomorrow night. Chicago Sky facing the New York Liberty. A chance to head to the semifinals. You can watch that game right here on ESPN Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Freddie Coleman, Courtney Cronin holding it down for the guys on this Monday afternoon. Always pleased to be joined by Annie Costable. She covers the Chicago sky for the Chicago Sun-Times, is in New York currently ahead of Game 3. Annie, I want to start and ask you how motivated the Sky are after dropping Game 1, the first game of the series, and coming back with that record 38-point win in Game 2. What are they saying today about what led them to do that and the ability they have to do that again in Game 3? Yeah, so I just left the Barclays Center not too long ago following the Sky's practice, and I asked them about that. They're the reigning champs. I asked, what kind of hit did your did did game one you know jolt you with you you are the reigning champs defending your title and you drop game one on your home court how did that that break you and and motivate this game two performance we saw and you know Candace Parker had a veteran answer she said she doesn't pay too much attention to you know the 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 response from from everybody else when you lose and when you win because when you win you're everybody's favorite when you lose obviously everybody has a ton to say but what they did do is is they were woken up by that loss you know they they came out in front of their home crowd and dropped game one so it was definitely a wake-up call and we saw the response in game two and Candace added that it's about momentum so carrying that game two energy into game three is going to be big for them. Sky coach James Wade was not happy with the format in the first round this year where even though you have a better record, you play the first two games at home and even said, well, if we get the game three, we got to play in the road, it's not right. A lot of people did not know about the WNBA format. What's the likelihood, Annie, that this may be only a one-time thing when it comes to the first round of WNBA playoffs? Yeah, you know, that was another thing that that we talked heavily about today. And Obviously, the series play is something that players and coaches wanted to see. This is a professional sports league, and we all know that that series play reflects um, the talent that that exists in professional sports. You deserve multiple opportunities to to you know carry your season on, and and so the format being two two one it doesn't make the most sense in the eyes of coaches and players. And they're vocalizing that right now. You know, it's not just James Wade. It's not just the sky that are, are, are talking about, you know, a desire to see a, a one a home away home series. If it is the best of three series. And I think that the WNBA needs to pay attention to what its players, its, its top players in the league, because this has been expressed by again like I said not just Candace Parker James Wade in the sky but players on the storm um, the Washington Mystics so that is something that I think we could see switch up next year 
if the WNBA is paying attention to what its, its stars are saying. We're talking with Annie Costable. She covers the Chicago Sky and WNBA for the Chicago Sun-Times. Joins Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on Canty and Carlin. James Wade just won executive WNBA basketball executive of the year. Why did he earn this award this season? Was it just – it has to be more than just coming off of a championship year. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. I mean, we got to go back to free agency to really explain – how he won this award, why he won this award. And honestly, we got to go back to 2021 signing Candace Parker. He, on it, he, he could have won it in 2021 for signing Candace Parker alone. That was arguably the biggest free agent signing in WNBA history, getting Parker to come home on a two-year deal. And then he follows that up with a roster that saw everybody become a free agent on his starting five minus Parker. So, Four of his starting five were free agents, and he brought everybody back besides Stephanie Dolson. And losing Stephanie Dolson, who signed with the New York Liberty, was a huge blow to the Sky, for sure, and the Sky fan base, because she had become a fan favorite. She'd been in Chicago for six years, but he went out and upgraded that position by signing Emma Mieseman, who who has different abilities than Stephanie Dolson. And I say upgrade because Emma's abilities with this starting five, she fits in what they, they can do and have done all season. And, and we saw that. And then on top of that, he builds out the end of his roster by signing Rebecca Gardner, a 32 year old rookie who everyone, you know, laughs at this statement, a 32 year old rookie, because everybody in basketball who played overseas knew who Rebecca was. And it's almost like there was a shock that existed that she hadn't gotten an opportunity in the WNBA yet. And so Wade goes out and gets her. He trades for Julie Aleman and essentially builds a super team in the WNBA, which hasn't been done in this way very often because of the hard salary cap. So, you know, Kalia said it best, I think, when, when he made these moves. She was like, is the WNBA really going to let us do this? And and obviously there's a reason for that because the talent on this team is just so deep and it's not easy to get players to sacrifice what the sky were able to sac what the sky sacrificed in order to get all of these star talent on this roster. So many players took pay cuts. Allie Quigley took nearly sixty thousand dollars less wow. to help bring in Emma Mieseman. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot took five thousand dollars less. Clea Copper could have signed a max deal. She took $28,000 less. Like, that is buy-in right there. And that's why James Wade earned executive of the year. The WNBA continues to be on an upswing. Ratings up throughout the playoffs and also the regular season. Attendance is up. Chicago's got won a championship last year. How's that been able to play in Chicago, having that championship in that sport, in that city? I mean, we all know the, the sports city that Chicago is, fans. I mean, fans everywhere love love winners, but especially in Chicago when you have the rich sports history that that city does. Like, if you're not winning, you're nobody. Um, and and even when you are winning, I mean, the the Sox on the South Side won a World Series in 2005, and everybody forgot by the next year. So this guy winning a championship was significant because it's taken so long for this guy to find footing in that city, and. You know, Pokey Chapman described the time when she used to tell everybody within the franchise, you have to wear your gear out 
to the grocery store, to the gas station, because we need people seeing our name everywhere. And now it's at a place where Wintrust Arena is nearly sold out every night. Um, They averaged a fan base of close to 8,000 fans a game this year. They sold out the finals last year. And so, yeah, the championship really did help the sky establish its footing in Chicago. But without, or I shouldn't say without, but this back-to-back title that they're pursuing would, would just cement it. And I think they know that. Annie Costable, Chicago Sky reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Annie, I'll get you out of here on this. We know that Sue Bird has been tremendous as her last season playing. How tough of a mm-hmm. matchup is she going to be for the Las Vegas Aces? Yeah, I mean, that is going to be one of the most exciting series of, of the playoffs, you know, even putting the finals, whoever ends up in the finals in that mix. Because when you have a player of Sue's stature – Who's, who's on this final ride, plus the talent that she has around her all fighting to give her this send-off that, that they want, which is ultimately, you know, a championship that they're hoping to vie for. That ignites something that that is just, you you can't buy. And so we're seeing the Seattle Storm playing at their absolute best right now, and that's what it's going to take to beat the Las Vegas Vegas Aces. You cannot come in and make any mistakes against that team, defensively or offensively. It takes 40 minutes of near perfection to beat that team. And so I think Sue being on this, you know, this final trip here in the WNBA has ignited something special in her, you know, superstar caliber teammates. And it's going to bring the best out of not only the Seattle Storm, but the Las Vegas Aces too. So that series, I mean, everybody buckle up because that's going to be one for the books. It absolutely will be. That series starts on August 28th. A decisive game three, though, for the Chicago Sky. You can see it on ESPN tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time, tip-off between the Sky and the Liberty. She is Annie Costable, covers the WNBA and the Chicago Sky for the Chicago Sun-Times. Kind enough to join Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman here on Canty and Carlin. As always, Annie, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. All right, coming up next, we'll wind down only one way to finish out the show as we do every day here on Canty and Carlin, and that's 3 and Out. That's next, ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today is the annual ESPN Company Picnic, which takes place right across from our world headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut, at Lake Compounds, which is an amusement park that ESPN rents out. There's unlimited food, drink, Mm -hmm. rides, fun. And those of us who are remote and are Mm -hmm. a little bitter that we didn't get invited yet again. That's um, a new problem. That's not a nuts problem. Well, you know what? They could have extended an invite. I mean, are you going, Freddie? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be making an appearance, making a scene a little bit. Absolutely. Okay, so tell tell the people because I've never been to this thing. Uh-huh. Tell the people what it's like to go to the ESPN Company picnic. Put it this way: picture as we talked about before, me and Evan Wilner, our producer. Picture senior ditch day and cut day 
with alcohol, and there you are. That's the ESPN picnic for the employees. It's free. You go there. You just take over the park. Okay, but, like, obviously people have to do shows. Like, we're Uh doing one right now. Our crew back in Bristol is probably itching to get out of here so they can go out over there at 7 o'clock p.m. This this thing lasts all night. Is that true? It starts at 11 a.m. and goes to 11 p.m. You get fireworks the whole nine yards. It has a fireworks (gasps) display. You get a chance to go on rides. You get... It's raining today, but you won't get a chance going to water rides. You won't. You get a chance to do all of those things, and the food is ridiculous. So, is the food catered in, or is it from the no? It's catered compounds in. itself. No, it's catered in. It's catered in. You get you have anything from prime rib to so hamburgers. we're proving that Bristol has more than just a couple of restaurants too. We're trying to oh, like well, emphasize. They, they probably outsource it from Southington. <laughs> Nothing against Bristol, but Southington. God, everybody hates on Bristol. No, no one hates on Bristol. Bristol is what it is. But you know, a lot of the restaurants that have moved into this area have all moved into Southington. The close one that's come to Bristol has been Longhorn Steakhouse, which everybody goes to right in the Southington Bristol line. Isn't that where the good rolls are from with the cinnamon butter? Oh, Do they have yeah. those at they, the uh, Lake Compounds? Yeah, they, I don't know if they have those because usually once I get to the meat portion of the, of the whole program, that, that whole rolls thing, I don't need that. That well, break could be for another day. We know. Uh, just to let you guys know, listening, Sports Center, ESPN Radio, all of our shows are still going to continue on, um, even though some of us are going to be having fun <laughs> at the company <laughs> picnic. And I'll be um, I guess that I picked I, – I, I was out there for my rookie camp, which was my orientation back in 17, mm-hmm. and it was the day of the company pick. And I didn't know anybody yet, so they were like, right. you don't have to go to this. Now I wish I would have because I've heard so much about the company picnic for the last five years working at ESPN. You know why they and told you that? Because they didn't want you getting away of their food. Probably. They probably know that they, they probably would have fired me by now if I just would have <laughs> stolen all the food and eaten all of it. Instead, I'm here in Chicago. All I got this August was a training camp sunburn and a whole lot of headaches covering the team that I do for ESPN, which is the Chicago Bears. And but, a lousy um, T-shirt. And a lousy T-shirt. That's exactly what it says. Freddie went to Lake Compounds. So I got a lousy T-shirt. Those are the fireworks you're going to be hearing if you are in the vicinity of Bristol, Connecticut at Lake Compounds, where our company picnic is going to happen. Uh, It's currently happening right now. I can't wait to talk to everybody in radio and get more FOMO than I already have, (laughs) considering I am not there. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Freddie Coleman. Courtney Cronin winding down here on a Monday afternoon, sitting in for the guys. Want to thank our all-star lineup of guests for stopping by the show today. ESPN football analyst Harry Douglas, Chris Carlin, host of Canty and Carlin, Jerry Dulock, Steelers beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes, and Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Sky reporter, WNBA reporter, Annie Costable, breaking down all things WNBA playoffs. As a reminder, Sky Liberty, 90 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday night, a decisive Game 3 to determine which team goes to the semifinals. Before we get out of here, we're going to do something we do every single night around this time. It is time to go 3 and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is 3 and out. Okay, so Billy B doesn't want you to know who's calling plays and how they're doing and Mm -hmm. if he's made a decision on it, but Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, had this to say about his play caller, Matt Patricia. I think Matty's done a great job. Um, He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge. He's really starting to get a feel for it. He's very easy to talk to on the sideline, very easy, laid-back kind of 
type coach, but demands a lot, and I respect that about him, and um, hopefully we can grow for, for a long time. You will be growing for a long time because it's very evident to me, Freddie Coleman, that Matt mm-hmm. Patricia is the one calling plays this season, and we can just go ahead and take that as fact because of what you heard from the second-year quarterback. Yeah, Mike Jones has that rapport with him so far, and that's a good thing. And maybe the best thing for Matt Patricia is to be in charge of a group and not in charge of a team because he clearly failed at that as Detroit Lions head coach. And maybe this can resurrect his coaching acumen because he was known as a defensive guy. But Bill Belichick has enough trust in him with a young quarterback in Mac Jones to say, Matt Patricia, you're going to be better replacing Josh McDaniels. We'll see. It's one thing to say that in the preseason, but when everything starts going in the regular season, we'll see if Matt Patricia can step up helping his quarterback, Mac Jones, trying to do the same thing. Yeah, and that's the thing that we know about Bill Belichick. He doesn't ever want to go outside of the system, a.k.a. Yes. the Patriot way, to find anybody to do these jobs. He believes that he can go pluck somebody that was once in his system, no matter if you called defensive plays your whole career or if you were a special teams guy before you got your head coaching opportunity yep. like Joe Judge was. He thinks that he can make you into an effective offensive play caller. Jury's still out. I know that in talking with Rob Ninkovich yesterday on ESPN Radio, he had mentioned that little-known fact, I don't know if that many people knew that Matt Patricia at one time coached the offensive line. Um, So he has the experience on that side of the ball calling plays, though. The jury's still out whether he's going to be any bit of successful at that. We'll all be looking at Bill Belichick, though, if this thing doesn't work out and say, why didn't you just hire somebody that was legitimate? that already had done this instead of trying to like, you know, make your Patriot way happen when Josh McDaniels walked out to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, well, that's just, that just is what it is. All right. So in an interview with Bleacher Report's Taylor Rooks that came out this weekend, Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics said the initial he had an injury, he fractured his wrist. Uh, it actually took place before the postseason, but it was exacerbated in the Milwaukee series. He started all 24 of Boston's postseason games, led the team in scoring. February 13th is when this injury happened against the Atlanta Hawks, but it didn't get checked out until the one-week gap between the regular season and playoffs. What do you mm. make of this? Well, a person that didn't want to make any excuses why he didn't play well, especially in the NBA Finals versus Golden State, so you can applaud that when it comes to Jason Tatum. I've been a big believer in this, Courtney, for the longest time. If you play through with an injury, then just keep it quiet because mm-hmm. it seems as if you're trying to put out this and look how tough I was to play through an injury. That's what I thought. Jason, we don't question your toughness. I don't question your toughness, but you don't need to tell us how you played through those kind of pain. If it happened, leave it be and just move on. Maybe talk about years down the line, but not right after you lost a series of 2-1 and you lost to the Golden State Warriors. I get it. He said he was playing with a bit of a fracture for two months. That's painful, obviously. Um, And he didn't play great in the finals. Apparently this thing flared up game three of the Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. semis when he was fouled by Giannis uh, dunking on a fast break. I'm sure that that was quite painful. But he still still at times in the regular season looked really, really good playing through this. A yep. career high in points, rebounds, and assists per game. Not the same numbers in the postseason. So I'm always skeptical of these things when we hear it after the fact that is it just a way to cover up the way that you played? Because it didn't seem to affect you all that much during the regular season. Of course, things can get exacerbated, but um, a little irked by that one. <laughs> Real quick before we get out of here, let's hear from Brian Cashman, Yankees general manager. Apparently he still believes in a team that is uh, downsliding quickly. The group's got my belief. 
Uh, I believe strongly in them. I think they're they're still capable of everything we uh, ever hoped and dreamed. And um, you know, but we have to weather the storm first and foremost. Yesterday was a nice win, um, but we need to string together obviously a lot uh, as we move forward here and uh, and earn our playoff spot and uh, and then take our shot. Did I not see mm-hmm. on social media that uh, Brian Cashman got booed? Like oh, oh. Hal Steinbrenner got booed yeah. too uh, during the Paul O'Neill ceremony. Oh yeah, and it was loud and it was strong and it was vibrant from Yankee fans not happy with those two. Yikes! <laughs> that doesn't typically happen. No. Neither does losses for a team that's four and fourteen in August. But uh, they're holding on to the fact that they won sixty-two games earlier in the season. Maybe they can bounce back here. Maybe well, they need to go to the company. Hopefully not tonight pay- and tomorrow against the Mets. Compounds. Hopefully not tonight and tomorrow against my Mets. Nope. Subway Series. Freddie wants that one for his Mets, and uh, we're all going to Lake Compounds. We'll see you there. It's ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 